Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. My hope for you and for me and for all of our families is that in 2019, we won't let anything become larger than the power and the presence of God in our lives. That nothing will cause our faith to be diminished. Now, I know that's wishful thinking. Because more than likely, there's going to be some speed bumps along the way in 2019. How many believe, standing here right now, on the threshold, the precipice, whatever that means, of 2019, how many believe 2019 will be smooth sailing, will be filled with faith, will never have doubt or fear, or one ounce of anxiety? How many believe that? Everybody's going to get along just fine. There'll be, no, there'll be no bad posts or tweets or Facebook. Everybody's going to be, it's just all going to be love and roses. And Actually, in first service, I had people that raised their hands. And I said, you believe that by faith, right? By faith. But wouldn't it be great if we were those that could not be moved from the fact that God is greater than everything we face, that he is with us, he will never leave us or forsake us. That is my hope and my prayer. How many would like that in 2019? Come on, yeah, yeah. So we've been saying in this series, anxious for nothing, if you get your notes out, we've been saying this phrase over and over, the presence of anxiety is unavoidable, but the prison of anxiety is optional. It's up to you. I've been using this book, um, Anxious for Nothing, by pastor and author Max Lucado, so I want to give him credit. A lot of the framework of this series comes out of this book, and uh, some of you have bought the book. Some of you have said, no, I'm too cheap to buy the book. I'll just listen to the sermons. That's fine. I would like to share a story with you as I start today. You might have heard about this story, but most of you probably have not. The year was 1962 when a person that you probably have not heard of was one that was, well, able to save us from World War III. His name was Vasily Argopov. He was 36 years of age, an officer aboard a Soviet submarine, a part of a fleet that was assigned to a detail off the coast of Florida and off the coast of Cuba. The sailors were agitated because the submarine had gotten in excess of 120 degrees inside. It was developed for colder waters. And now with all of its engines and systems running, these sailors, 120 plus degrees, were starting to boil over. And at one point, the American warships had gathered around the area because they detected the Russian submarines, and they, they began to drop death charges into the water. The captain raised his voice and said, we will annihilate the American fleet. We will bomb the shorelines. And if we die, we'll die with honor. We will not allow our Russian fleet to be disgraced. But Vasily asked for a moment with the captain of the sub. He said, would you step away for a moment? I need to speak to you. And so the captain did. And Vasily Argopov was able to calm him down 
and help him to be calm in the midst of chaos. It wasn't until 2002 that the American public learned how close we came to World War III. As the director of the National Security Archive said, the lesson from this event is that one man, Vasily Argapov, saved the world. How? By staying calm in a chaotic situation. Each of the submarines, I failed to tell you earlier, were carrying nuclear warheads and no doubt would have annihilated our fleet in those waters, but done some severe damage to the coastline of Florida and who knows where else. In his book, uh, Anxious for Nothing, Max Lucado uses Philippians 4. It's been the, the passage that we've been unpacking in our weeks together. And in this fourth week, I just want to talk to you about the God who is near. But I want to remind you about the word calm. It's on our piano and it's up here on the screen. That we celebrate God's goodness. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. That we ask God for help. Come before him with prayers and petition with thanksgiving. And then let him know what your concerns are. Leave your concerns with God. And then as the Philippians 4 ends, it tells us what to meditate upon, things that are true and right and pure, praiseworthy and, and excellent. So with our best 951 voice, let's read together exactly the words that Paul wrote. Ready? Go. Rejoice in the Lord always, and I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now sometimes, who is saying something is extremely important, but also the framework from where they're saying it from is as equally as important. Paul's in prison, and he's writing these words to us. Be anxious for nothing. I've visited a few prisons in my day. I visited the county jail and the city jail. And the last thing you'd want to say is they're calm places. Everybody's calm. Everybody's happy. There are no problems. But here is the Apostle Paul, and he's writing from a calm place in his heart. Now, in another story, the Apostle Paul, actually previous to this, he'd been in a jail, and he and Silas, his sidekick, were worshiping God in the midnight hour. Remember the story? And I love my, my, my preaching professor in college. He used to say, and the Lord, but he was a great preacher, by the way, animated. I mean, animated. He said, and the Lord was listening to the worship in the midnight hour, and he's started to stop his foot. And with that, the earth started to shake. And the jail cell doors opened up, and they were free. Now, I don't know if that's how it happened. Of course, if you're a preacher, you know, you get away with stuff, right? Yeah. But here he was in the jail cell, but this time, the prison doors didn't open. Somebody once said the one prayer that God never answers is encore. Do it again, Lord, just like you did last time, right? Do it again, God. And so he's worshiping God in the jail cell. He says, we, we pray with thanksgiving, with worship, with adoration. But this time, 
The doors didn't open, but something opened in his heart. It was a lack of anxiety where he could say, even in a prison cell on a short chain to a guard, doing 12-hour shifts, guarding over me, I'm able to say, don't you dare be anxious for anything because God is near. He's with us. He's with us. Would you write this down in your notes if you would? Calmness comes from acknowledging God's nearness. Calmness comes from knowing that God is with us. I love what the Apostle Paul says, let your gentleness be evident to all. I mean, picture with me, he's in this jail cell. It's not a very big cell. Short chain to a guard again. And he's able to say, let your gentleness be known to all. Hey, how gentle are most of us when stuff hits the fan? Come on. How gentle are we when chaos is starting to build? Oh, everything's just fine. How you doing? I'm just fine. Just fine. (laughs) God is with us. And even though there's chaos out here, there's a gentleness that can be on the inside of our hearts. Gentleness means a fitting to the occasion, a level-headedness, tempered in reaction, being calm. That's what Vasily Argapov possessed. 120 degrees in a submarine. I was in a submarine one time just to go in and visit. After about four minutes, I had to get out. It's tight in there. Now, this one was a newer sub. It was big. But the ones that they had back in the 60s were not as big and wide. And this one had 120 degrees. And he was able to say, hey, let's pull back for a moment. Let's think about our situation here. Let's have a level head. Let's be tempered in our reaction. You see, it's worry that keeps me focused on my limited resources, but trust keeps me focused on God's abundant resources for my life. Maybe you've heard of uh, Rourke Denver. He's an incredible uh, speaker, a leader, motivational speaker. He's a former naval, uh, Navy SEAL commander. And here's what he says, chaos is contagious. Panic is contagious, but so is calm. You ever been around chaotic people? Come on, panicky people. It starts to wear on you. The sky is falling. After a while, you feel like the sky is falling too. The words that come into our hearts. Remember, I've said this before. You show me your friends, I'll show you your future. You show me what you read and what you look at on the internet and and who speaks in your life. Eventually, we'll find out the trajectory of your life. But there's something about being gentle in the midst of things that are going on that aren't the way we would prescribe them. I had a friend, and some of you old-timers will remember Pastor Ron Mel. He pastored in Beaverton, Oregon. He took the church, 21 people, and uh, uh, at the end of his life, he actually died of leukemia. Uh, The church was pushing 10,000. He was known as the pastor to the Northwest I remember when he spoke here a few times, just a great guy. And what drove me crazy about him, even though he was battling leukemia, fighting it for years, goes in remission, it comes back, it goes in remission, it comes back, and finally the doctor says, look, we will not be able to knock it out this time, Ron. There's no way. And I thought, okay, now he's going to show weakness. At least I'll see. Maybe he'll be mad at somebody. 
The guy was always gentle. Drove me crazy. Drove me crazy. Dying of leukemia and still running a schedule that most people can't run, but never losing his faith or his passion or his trust in the God who was with him. He said things like this. It's not all about this. It's not all about now. It's not all about leukemia. God is with me. He'll be with me for all eternity. I go, come on, Ron. Tell me something bad. He said, why should I do that? Why would I allow there to be anything negative coming into my life when God's been so good to me? Don't those people, buy, come on, side note, don't those people drive you nuts? Come on, when, when you're going through it, don't you want somebody to commiserate in your negativity? I, I do. You know, I break a fingernail, I want my wife to have sympathy for me. Hmm. You know, we find with the Apostle Paul, it's much like the psalmist in Psalm 112, verse 7, he says, the righteous do not fear bad news. They confidently trust the Lord to care for them. Confident. See, before you lash out in fear, before you lash out in anger, we have to look up in faith. It's God's presence in the middle of our problems that gives us peace. Some of you may have heard of the name Dallas Willard. One of the things Dallas said in regards to have your gentleness be evident, he said that we must arrange our days in such a way that we experience deep joy, contentment, and confidence in our lives with God. We must arrange each and every day of our lives in such a way, no matter what's going on on the outside, that we experience deep joy and contentment and confidence in God every single day. Dallas went on to say this, that we preach a message. Every Christian preaches a message. We say things to people about our life and our faith, and then they watch how we live. And it really is the gap in between that becomes our testimony. It's the gap in between where things don't match up. We, we, we say we trust in God, and then something bad happens, and we moan and groan and whine and complain. Well, at least next service, they'll, that's those people. But yeah, we moan and groan and whine and complain. So people watch that part of our lives. That's our story. That's our legacy and how we live. See, the contagiously calm person is the one who reminds others that God is in control. Contagiously calm. Calmness is contagious. But so is worry and so is fear. Our calm comes from being aware of God's nearness in our midst. Max Lucado also goes on to say in his book that isolation creates a downward cycle of fret. Choose instead to be the person who clutches the presence of God with both hands. Wouldn't this be a great way to live in 2019? I'm going to clutch the presence of God with both hands. God, I'm not going to let you go. Jacob wrestling with God. Lord, I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. I'm not going to let you leave my presence, God, until I receive what you have for me and for my life. I want to grab hold of you. Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by what? By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. The second thing I want you to see is from this verse. Calmness comes from finding a promise that fits my problem and building my prayer around it. I think that's so good. 
Because sometimes we'll just pray, hey, God, would you take care of stuff? Would you, Lord, I give you this. Lord, hey, I give you that, God. I want you to do this, God. But, but think about the promises of God. That's why we say it's so important for you to do your devotions. Take your Bible every day and read some passage of Scripture. And if you want to read with us, especially in 2019, you can grab a Bible bookmark from the guest services room. They're free. You can read the same verse that many of us in the church are reading together every day. And uh, you begin to write down what God gives you. What Scripture that day spoke to you? That's S. What observation do you make from the, pro- from the passage you just read? That's O. What application can you make from the scriptures that you read? That's A. And what prayer can you pray? S-O-A-P, soap. Everybody should use soap every day. I hope you do. And so as we read our scripture, we make our observation, we do our application, and we do a, a prayer. For example, the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So there's my scripture. I wrote it down. Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. My observation. I... I, I recognize if I have God, I have everything I need. That's an observation. An application. Lord, help me to stop coveting. Huh? If I have you, I don't need any other shepherd. I need no other guide, no other voice that could be above your voice. My prayer could simply be, God, help me to trust in you. Remind me that I'm a sheep. You're the shepherd. You're the creator. I'm the creature. Let you have control of my life. As your soap. You start writing things down that that God gives you. And the more you know of his promises, the more you search the scripture for his promises, the more than you you make those prayers specific to the need in your life. It comes from finding a promise that fits my problem and building my prayer around it. See, God doesn't need to be bombarded with promises to remind him. He doesn't have dementia or forgetfulness or Alzheimer's. He's sharp. He's clear. He's precise. But the promises are for me. Lord, I know that you said you would never leave me or forsake me. And this season of my life right now, I'm just, I'm not feeling you. I'm not sensing you. I'm not, I I don't feel that you're with me. Help me to be more aware of your presence because I know that's not your problem because you're everywhere, right? He's omnipresent, but I need to sense your presence more. Help me, Lord, my spirit to open up to you. Help me to look for your presence, not your absence. Help me to know that you are near. Hmm. Hebrews 13 says, God will never leave us nor forsake us. So I just built the prayer that I just gave you based on the scripture. And then I love this, Hebrews 4.16. The writer says, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God, and there we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. This is a great passage, a great promise. By the way, the word boldly doesn't mean arrogantly, but it means with confidence that you know that as you step towards the presence of God, he steps towards you. He invites you into his presence. And we come to the gracious God and we receive mercy. So Lord, based on your word, watch this, based on your word, I need your mercy. So I'm coming into your presence through the name of Jesus Christ, my Savior and my Lord, And I want to receive your grace and your mercy today because, Lord, I need it most right now. I love that prayer. So if you want to pray, like, Lord, bless my day, bless my week, help my drive-in today, and may the food taste good. Amen. 
That's a great prayer for a first-time person of prayer. But as we grow and develop in our prayer lives, we begin to be specific with God. By the way, God has big shoulders. He can handle anything. And last time I checked, God is shockproof. He has seen every evil and wrongdoing since Adam and Eve in the garden. Every atrocity. I mean, God watched things in the Civil War. God saw slavery and cried. God's seen abortions. God saw the Holocaust. God's seen every war. He's seen every horrible abuse and molestation and the things in our county even the last few days. God watches it all. So it qualifies him to be the God who can handle anything you can tell him. And it's good for your soul to go to God and say, God, I want my request to be made known to you because that's when we can then leave everything that we have at the feet of Jesus. And number three, calmness comes from making specific prayer requests. Again, I've been talking about it. Why be generic when you can be specific? You ever ever marvel at some of the things Jesus said? I mean, he said some crazy things in my mind. One of them was when he spoke to a blind man, blind Bartimaeus, uh, and he said in Luke's gospel, chapter 18, 41, what do you want me to do for you? Don't, don't you want to say to Jesus, um, Jesus is kind of obvious, the guy's blind. He'd probably like to see. And yet, Jesus says, no, you tell me what you want. I think this is a great proof text for what Jesus asks us to do too. Tell him what you want. Well, Lord, it's obviously obvious that I'm going through a rough time. Well, tell me about it. It's obvious, Bartimaeus, that you're blind, but Jesus wanted Bartimaeus to be specific. And no doubt Bartimaeus was able to say, and I'm paraphrasing, Lord, by the way, I'm blind. Even a blind man can see that I'm blind. Would you, would you heal me? Be specific. See, when we make it specific, we, we bring it down to size. I have a friend, I, I see him, oh, maybe once a year, twice a year at a pastor's meeting, and here's what he always says to me. Hey, Bernie, uh, we, we got to do lunch sometime. Sure, okay. And you call me, I'll call you. Great. Six months goes by, I see him again. Hey, hey, we, hey, we ought to get together. Now, by the way, this guy lives in L.A., and we ought to get together. So the last time I saw him, I said, you know what we'll do? We'll meet in Ventura. I'll drive down to Ventura. Which day works for you? He said, I'll get back to you. <laughs> so I sent him, I'm a little slow. I sent him an email. It was November. Here's all the dates in November that I'm available to drive to Ventura to see you. Let me know. And guess what he said? I'll get back to you. Now, he is not serious, nor is he specific with me about when we can meet. You have any friends like that? You're still waiting? You're still waiting for a date? Yeah, right, right, right. Hey, Lord, I don't want to live my life in such a way that I'm not specific. Max Lucado uses an illustration. He says, it's one thing to pray, Lord, bless my meeting tomorrow. It's another thing to pray, Lord, I have a meeting at 2 p.m. with my supervisor. She intimidates me. Would you please give me a spirit of peace so I can sleep well tonight? 
I'm afraid she's going to ask me tough questions. I really don't know how to answer, oh God. Will you give me wisdom so I can enter the meeting prepared, but also trust you to give me the best way to answer any curveball questions? And Father, you know I have issues with my supervisor. So give her a soft heart towards me and give me a generous spirit towards her too so we can have a productive conversation tomorrow that would honor your name. Amen. Is that specific? It's more specific than bless my meeting tomorrow because if God blesses your meeting tomorrow, how will you know? Oh, it was a good meeting. He must have blessed it. Wow, my supervisor was soft-hearted towards me. Thank you, God, for answering that prayer. I don't know how you shook her up, but she's like, no way is she nice. And she was kind of nice to me, Lord. Thank you. Hey, God, thank you for calming my soul in such a way that I responded to her with respect and dignity that she deserves and honored you in the process. So now you have a specific prayer and you have a specific way to praise God. I don't know if any of you have ever been to St. Patrick's Cathedral. I've not been there. But we've got a couple pictures. Right outside of St. Patrick's Cathedral is the statue of Atlas holding up the world. And many believe this is a great position for the statue because it reminds us of either we can carry the world or we can say to God, God's house with the cross right behind it, Lord, how about you carry my world? The old song says he has the whole world in his hands. Why do we try to take it back? Lord, I'll put my trust and my faith in you. As we get ready to enter 2019, I hope and pray. The depth of my heart is praying this prayer. I prayed it early again this morning. God, help our people and help the people that we will encounter this year that you'll bring to our church to be able to be those that give our worlds and our lives to you, that pray in specific ways, that we do not trust in ourselves, but we trust in you. And we believe wholeheartedly that we can live in calmness in our life. In the middle of a chaotic world that we can say, God, we put our trust and our faith and our hope in you. So I want to give you a homework assignment before I pray. It's a simple assignment. If you do this, I'll give you extra credit in class, okay? You all get an A in the class. All you got to do is one assignment. Write out a specific prayer either today or in the days ahead. Write out a specific prayer based on the promises of God and based on what you know that you'll be facing in the new season of your life. Don't just say, Lord, I need your help. (laughs) But but find a a scripture and a verse, Maybe, maybe Psalm 46, the Lord is a present help in time of trouble. Lord, that's who you say you are. Help me to believe that and put my trust in you. Or maybe you're dealing with something in a relationship with someone. You need God's wisdom and guidance. James says, if we lack wisdom, we can ask God and he'll give it to us. So Lord, my specific prayer is, I welcome your wisdom into my life. I welcome your wisdom into my thinking and into the emotions that I have in regards to this relationship. Help me to think clearly. I had a young lady tell me right around Thanksgiving time, guess what, pastor, I have good news. I said, what's your good news? I broke up with my boyfriend. My mom and dad are mad at me because they had wedding plans in their mind. 
My mom wants to vicariously live through me and have another wedding, I guess. She said, don't do that, parents. He says, I broke up with him. I feel so good, and I feel so bad at the same time. I invested lots of time, lots of energy, lots of my emotions and my heart. So that's the bad part. But the good part is he was dragging me away from God, dragging me away from God's plan for my life. So I decided to break up with him. But I was nice. I said, how are you nice? I got him a card with a big heart on it. I said, what did you write in the card? She didn't tell me everything. <laughs> I'm surely not going to make it up. But one part she said was, I care so much about you that I know I'm not the best for you. So I will let you go. Because I know what's best for me. It's to follow after God. Isn't that great? Yeah. I said, you've been listening to all my sermons all these years? He goes, yeah, I've been paying attention. Yeah. You know what? We could write out a prayer together. It says, God, here's what I believe for this new year based on your promises that you are with me. We present our requests to God. By the way, requests are not just throwing up some prayers. See, prayers are devotion. When he says in Philippians 4, prayers are devotion and worship and words of praise. Petitions are actually a place of humility. Oh God, I'm lost without you. I'm petitioning you because I don't have the strength in me. But requests are bold and specific. God, this is what I've got to have you do for me. I'm not asking you to do anything that's outside your character. I'm asking you on the basis of a promise that you made. Again, you'll never leave me nor forsake me that I'll sense your presence this week. And tomorrow at 2 o'clock when I have that meeting or Wednesday when I go see the doctor or that you'll be with me, that it will be a God-honoring moment. God is with us. and Because of that, we can live calm lives. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you.